from the Carter Subaru Studios. This is Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to the show. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. We've got a lot of great stuff this hour. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mickey Gomez is going to join us next. We're going to talk about Ozempic and uh, just a ton of great stuff we're going to cover the rest of the show. So you don't want to miss it. All right. Right now we do the news roundup. Uh, Lisa's not in with us today. She's not going to be able to hang out. But it's still me and Matt. I feel like that's still pretty good. Yeah, I think this is within our capabilities to handle. Pretty, pretty good. All right, so before we get into News Roundup, every day we play you a trivia clip. We give you guys the opportunity for fame and glory to take a guess on the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line and tell us what this trivia clip is from. It's always a movie, something that I have watched deeply ingrained in my brain, and then I play it here for you guys. You guys get to guess. Many of you got this. I was actually surprised how many didn't get this. You guys were in the ballpark. You got the right actor, but the wrong movie in many cases. So here it is. I'm going to play it one more time, then I'll give you the answer. I'm going to have Matt guess. Usually I have Lisa guess, but today I'm going to have Matt guess. But I know he knows it already. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. I'm going to pause it there real fast. We could have played this clip after I incorrectly got the math wrong on how much that girl was making <laughs> per month, which you will not stop texting about. I get it. My math sucks. I'm not a mathematician. I'm in radio for a reason. So please forgive me. All right, start this clip again. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) Somebody on the text line said that's her favorite part. And my God, have mercy on your soul. All right, Matt, you want to tell us what that's from? Would that happen to be Billy Madison? That would happen to be Billy Madison. A really good movie. I haven't seen that movie in probably, I don't know, 20 years. And I don't know if it holds up, but I imagine it probably does. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, too. Adam Sandler is consistently funny. He just has a way about him. He just gets my funny bone. Have you seen Hoobie... uh, Oh, what's that? Hoobie Halloween? Yeah, on yeah, Netflix. That. Yep. That's a great movie. Yeah, it's fun. It's super funny. Or yeah. uh, Murder Mystery. Yep. Or Murder Mystery Two. Also that one. Also that one. He's really good in those movies. He also makes those movies with the Softy Brothers, like Uncut Gems, where yeah. he's actually playing a real character, and that he's one not was just really impressive being Adam Sandler funny. That, yeah. yeah, no, he's like actually a good actor too. So I think that's probably one of the reasons he's so funny. All right, let's get to it. Seattle's. Uh, oh no, no, no. Wait a minute. I gotta explain this. In the news roundup, every single day we get together. Usually Lisa's here, but again, she's not in today, so it's me and Matt. We look back on the other shows, and we talk about what they talked about, and we play a little clip from them, and then it gives us a chance to comment on it. And uh, there's all this like really great, very sexy synergy that happens when we play these clips. So stick around for that, for me and Matt. On Seattle's Morning News, they were talking about how a lot of Seattle area residents are planning vacations. Colleen G. and Sully discuss. 86% of adults in the Seattle area are planning a vacation this year. Yeah, and they especially want to plan it right now. You know what I mean? February is the month. January is the month that you, you're you recovering from that mm-hmm. Christmas debt. Mm-hmm. You're recovering from that holiday pounds. You are doing all your resolutions. You're getting things in order. You're relaxing a little bit, but you've had enough of the weather and February hits you like Lois, Mm -hmm. let's go somewhere. And what I love about this article, 
Lois. Who's Lois? Is that just a figment of his I imagination? I don't get the reference, but apparently it's amused somebody. I was going to say like Lois Lane, like Superman reference or something. But <laughs> all right, Lois. I get maybe it's probably just the imaginary person he's talking to. Yeah, it's just the hypothetical. All right. We talked about it yesterday on the show, and I knew, like, I told David, I'm like, man, this is a hot topic because people right now are all talking about, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And the one thing about Seattle area, if the, there's a perfect time to leave here, I would say between February and March and that, that time, because let's keep it a buck, y'all. That means that keeps it 100. Uh, let's, let's be honest, everybody. The summer times in here, why you want to leave? You don't no, want to leave beautiful. here. So in this, Colleen, it talked about the exact places mm-hmm. where people want to go. The number one thing, go ahead. Beach or lake vacations. Boy, you know what? They want to go get that sunshine. Even they my kids, are, we were walking home from school yesterday with my 10-year-old, and she was like, Mom, mm-hmm. can we go to Mexico? And I was like, <laughs> you've got $7,000 sitting there? Like, even my kids are dreaming of a, a sunnier, mm-hmm. warmer vacation. I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today who is in Palm Springs. He's vaca- he's has a place in Palm Springs. So he's there right now and I was kind of jealous cuz it sounds great. And you know, it's very Sinatra vibe to that whole area. And I was like, "Oh, what's the weather like?" He's like, "Oh, it's raining." It's just like I guess it's just being Southern California just being pounded by rain right now. And that actually made me feel better. And I I don't yeah, of you all know, the places good you about don't expect that. to hear it's raining, Palm Springs, Palm Springs is one of those. On my list. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, let's uh, you and me can discuss this now. If you were going on vacation, are you planning on, or where would you go? Like, if you could just go anywhere right now, let's say that somebody just drops five grand into your lap and says, you need to spend this on a vacation, where would it be? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you have a place, do you have a place that you dream of being? Yeah, probably for that amount of money, uh Given that I live here, I would like to see more of British Columbia. So that would probably be what I'd probably go up to Victoria or Vancouver would probably be my first choice. I went up to uh, Victoria, B.C., my wife and I one time. We went up there and we were first married. We didn't have any kids yet, so we took the Clipper. That's the one that's like the, you know, the jet boat or whatever that thing is. Not jet boat, but you know what it is. Like a hydrofoil? Whatever it is. Yeah, I think it's something. I don't know. But it's like, uh, is it a pontoon? Somebody can text me and let me know. It's fast. It's like their whole claim to fame. It's really fast. Get there on the clipper. So we get up there, and I get a little seasick, especially, you know. And so I take some, um, whatever that stuff is called. Dramamine? Dramamine. I took some Dramamine. And it did help, like a lot. It helped a lot. But the problem was I didn't realize that when you take Dramamine, you're not supposed to have any drinks. So we get off the boat, we check into our hotel, we immediately go and start exploring the all the great tourist destinations in Victoria, B.C., of which there are four. And one of the ones that we discovered is a place called Tiny World, Miniature World. And we get there and we go inside and it's like exactly what it sounds like. They have all these miniature displays and behind glass, really cool things, really cool displays. They have like one that's a, a, a fair, you know, like a circus not a circus. Those are two different things. Like an outdoor fair, and they have like uh, all these tiny little things, and they have another one that's like a space thing, and they're really big. It's like the it's like like probably like this ten by ten window of glass, and then inside a massive miniature tiny little world, and it's really really neat. I should find pictures of this. And that post sounds them. cool. Yeah, yeah, it is really really cool. The problem was so before we went to Miniature World, we stopped by a pub. They got a lot of cool pubs in Victoria, BC. Like really cool pubs. A lot of fun, especially if you don't have kids. So we go in there and we have a few pints of whatever their local, you know, ale is. What I didn't know is that it reacts negative badly with the Dramamine. And so I'm like, 
I'm really feeling it, like way, way, way more than I would for just like two and a half pints of of lager. So I'm walking around Miniature World, and I <laughs> my wife is significantly smaller than me, so I I'm feeling it. And I'm kind of walking around. I'm like, you know, like almost slurring my comments about these really silly, tiny little things. I mean, like, I don't know. It's $20 too, by the way, to get in this. And this was like 10 years ago, 15 years ago to get in a mini world. And so we get in a mini world. I paid $20. I'm not super impressed, but I'm walking around and I look behind. My wife's gone. She's just like, I don't know where she's at. And I look, I go back, I go back a little bit. I figure she's somewhere behind me. So I go back and I find a, a bench that we've passed. She has just laid down and she's fallen asleep on one of these benches because again, she had the same amount of Dramamine and the same couple of pints that I did. And uh, it affected her a great deal. So that's one of those fun stories that we still like to look back on and laugh about. All right. Um, where would I go? You would go to Victoria, BC or somewhere in BC. That's very similar weather to us. I would probably go, I w- I've always wanted to go to Kent, Washington. So I think I'd go to Kent, Washington. Why always Kent? Why just, Kent? It's a joke. It's a really horrible joke. <laughs> Stupid joke. All right. G and Ursula scenarios. Um, they talk about a teenage girl who wants to get to know her birth parents. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Let's hear about it. My adopted daughter is 17. She has never been interested in her birth parents, but now that she's turning 18, she is asking questions about who she is. I don't know why that is so important to her, but it bothers me. She told me that for her high school graduation this spring, she wants to find her real mom and dad and that it's all that she wants. My husband and I thought this might happen, but assumed it would be much sooner. Once we got past ages 13 and 14, we thought it was probably the past, and we thought we'd enthusiastically support her if and when it came up, but now it's just hit me like a ton of bricks. The way she's approaching it, it feels weird. She wants to find a real mom and dad. Really? Now? After all we've done for her entire life, and now she's about to leave our household and get out in the real world on her own, and now she wants to find her real parents? This is making me anxious. I'm kind of angry about it. She's our daughter, and we are her parents. It's disrespectful and a betrayal to try and track down her real mother and father. This could be expensive. We may have to hire a private investigator. I say we give her the option to get this for her graduation, or we'll pay for her college. Not both. Hopefully, she'll make a smart decision and let this search go. My husband is more understanding, but I get increasingly angry about it. Why would she think of us with such disrespect? Now, I know who could answer this much better than I can, and that would be someone who has either been adopted or an adoptive parent, because this kind of stuff happens a lot. What? After all that, we don't even know what they said. Uh, I sometimes wonder if some of those uh, scenarios, people are trolling them. That's a ridiculous scenario. No parent. I, I can't even imagine an adoptive, adoptive parent having that reaction. I understand that maybe somebody gets their feelings hurt, and maybe they feel like, all right, did I not give my kid enough love, and now they want to get to know their real parents? But the idea that they're going to make their kid choose between getting to know their real parents or paying for college yeah. is just ridiculous. I don't think that's real. Very Matt, what do you think? Yeah, and I don't think it's so weird. Like, why would it be that weird, too, that that would be the stage of life where you might want to know? Because you're becoming an adult. You're going out on your own in, you know, stages. You know, I think that would be a logical time to go, well, hey, you know, where did I come from? Yeah. I don't think it's that weird. Yeah, I don't think it's that weird. Obviously, it happens all the time. All right, let's move on from that one. Jack and Spike, Washington, wants to make it mandatory for clergy to report child abuse. 
Uh, but Catholics push back. This is on Jack and Spike's show. This is the thing that I, I find confusing as to why anybody would be in opposition to the bill, specifically specifically Catholics, because they have expressed opposition unless it exempts confessions. But that's why Senate Bill 6298 is there, right? That's why it was introduced. And so what I don't what I don't understand about this is that if you're a a a member of the clergy and somebody comes to you and they are they admit to you that they are in the act of committing a crime one might think that you would then be required to go and report that to i don't know the police but for some reason they're saying we don't want to be so i need so is anybody out there who's catholic who can tell me why there's so much opposition to this because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that if somebody's doing something that's this bad, we've deemed this to be the worst crime that a human being could commit, yeah, right? Yeah, and do. and for some reason, we've decided that, and well, except in this one case, if you talk to this one person in this box, then it's totally fine. They don't have to tell anybody about it. You know, I think I can unsee why the Catholic priest would be against this. Right. Because if, if a parishioner, a member of their faith comes and is afraid to speak to their religious, you know, their, their leader, their whomever, their priest, because I think they might get sent to jail, right? That Then they're not going to make a confession and the priest feels, well, like, how can I provide absolution? How can I, how can they make amends if they're afraid to tell me? They think staying out of jail is going to keep them out of heaven. Uh, Matt, let's not dwell on this one for <laughs> yeah. too long, child abuse. Should we just move on to the next one? Yeah. Uh, unless you have a comment on this. Well, I mean, I just it's one of those things. It's it's the worst thing in the world to abuse an innocent child, and it feels like no matter where you are in life, if you know that that's happening, my personal view is you should report it. Yeah, I totally get I that. Uh, it's I hate topics like that because there really is just like we all agree that that's a horrible, horrible thing. And I also know that the Catholic Church holds their traditions very, very tightly, and... I think Spike makes kind of an interesting point there about, you know, if it discourages people from coming in and making confessions because that, you know, that confessional is immediately going to be used against them. That's what the Catholic Church is trying to avoid. But, yeah, I, I, that's, a, that's a horrible story. All right, John and Sherry, uh, they have a warning if you're traveling through an airport. That's pretty vague. Let's hear what it's about. If you ever use your phone, don't charge your phone at an airport. Just another thing to be concerned about. I'm not quite sure why. Oh, other than people are able to steal the stuff? This is a TikTok person warning you, don't we see, squeeze this in right here. right there? No. Do not touch those. Do not put your phone in those. Do not charge your phone there. You will no. regret it. So the FBI right. has put out a warning about all the charging stations. So it's called juice jacking and cyber criminals use USB. I'm going to pause this real fast. Why are they talking like that? Why is that the way they use their voices? Just, I don't know. I think Sherry finds the Criminals. accent slightly amusing. Criminal uh, terminals. <laughs> Sports in airports and stations to uh, steal your data. Fun, right? Stay safe and use battery packs instead of the charging stations, just like the FBI yeah. recommends. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, good FBI. idea. Oh, Thank you for the help. <laughs> But when you look down at that phone and you've got like one little tiny bar left, it's all red. You're like, you know what? I'll risk it. I will risk it. Yeah. Because I can't. I got to have the phone. If not, I can't tell Avis. I don't know. They can't Uber. You're just desperate, desperate. 
I went to the flight attendant once. Or so, excuse me, I am so sorry. I hate to ask you, but I, can I please borrow your charger? Because it would. I just. I'm, I look at my phone and down to one. I really needed it. Please. The person's like, no. Okay, thank you. <laughs> your phone goes because dark if she does it for you, she has to do it for everybody. Yeah. Then you know what I did? I went. Get up there, gal, you shrill oh. gal. 16 <laughs> miles on the Erie Canal. Then she called security. <laughs> Too late. We're already in the air. In that, in that uh, story he was telling, was he singing in front of the, the crowd of people at the airport? Is that at the gate or is he in the plane in his story? Uh, in the plane. He's in the plane and he's, he's in singing? The plane. Because yep. somebody asked to use a, a phone charger? Yeah, I guess. I guess it's just, I don't know. And phone and if you use a phone charger at one of these places, they're saying that they're you there's like in some the- malware in it or something. Right. And it's in like theory, able to clone somebody your phone? could hijack the device and use it to try and hijack your device, in essence. Yes. Now would you worry about that enough for it to stop you if you were on like your last ten percent or five? If I had my own charger cord, I would plug it in. But yeah. if I I would I use just a random charger cord there? I probably would also use a random charger cord there. Yes. I wouldn't even think of it. I wouldn't even think like I would say, "Oh, is there like a computer hooked to the end of this?" Then, then it's fine. But they're saying that there's a tiny little piece of technology in the USB charger itself. Yeah, that, that is able to can access data on your phone. Boy, that's smart. People are so smart these days. Oh my gosh, you guys, so smart. All right, that's it. We've like reached the end of our time with news roundup. Super fun, uh, Matt. Great stuff today. We got a lot more coming up. Mickey Gomez is going to join us next. We're going to talk about Ozempic. Very interesting stuff. Very controversial. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorehide. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have a very special guest on with me right now. Mickey Gomez is with a Cairo News Radio. She's a Cairo News Radio reporter, content creator, all-around great person. Mickey, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I love coming in here because you always boost my ego. Well, good. That's you make I mean. me feel good. That's my job here at the station. They mm-hmm. said we want you to just be a big cheerleader as everyone else as you possibly can. <laughs> I said, All right. What about for mine? They said, no, not for your show. All right. Uh, so we were talking... Was it like a month ago, maybe, we were mm-hmm. talking about this weight loss drug, Ozempic, because Oprah Winfrey had kind of come out at the time. I think that's the reason we were talking about it at that point. Yeah, yeah. Oprah said that she was on a GLP-1 medication, and that is how she that lost is? the weight. Yeah, so Ozempic, also known as Wagovi, is um, semeglutide, which is the medication that uh, that more people are taking. It's very popular right now for weight loss and for lowering blood sugar. I've seen it talked about, and I... Don't know if this is all verified. It's ridiculous. I even mm-hmm. know these things, but I've seen it talked about with like the uh, uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm. A bunch of them they mm-hmm. talked about. Did they take it? Did they not take it? Did yeah. they all get super skinny really fast? How they accomplish that? Oprah herself was saying she has been struggling with weight loss, you know, battles up and down for years, and then she finally started using it. Now it's part of her plan. Yeah, isn't Weight Watchers even? Uh, do they talk about? Because she's part of Weight Watchers, right? Yeah, she's she's, she's part Watchers? of the she she is one of the owners of the company, and yeah, so Weight Watchers does offer 
a semaglutide version of the Ozempic Wagovi. Yes, gotcha. that is a, it's a peptide. It's a medication. It helps. It's a once weekly injection. It helps, like I said earlier, helps with uh, lowering your blood sugar, your A1C, and it also helps with weight loss. So yeah. it, it, it's, it's a, you know, people like it's it. a very popular drug. Yeah. People like it. So what's the, what's, why is it in the news? Well, right in the past year, Washington Poison Center has seen a 500% jump in calls from people worried They've overdosed. Associate Medical Director Dr. Sasha Kaiser says. For some of these medications, you're supposed to take it weekly. And so people misunderstand and they take it daily instead. So Dr. Savitha Sumaranian, University of uh, Washington School of Medicine, says a new study out of Mexico shows that patients who take the active ingredient in Ozempic, semaglutide, are the ones usually overdosing. Wherever the individual is getting their vial semaglutide, from, which is not the approved form and which is not recommended, there can be dosing errors. Yeah. So both Dr. Kaiser and Dr. Sumaranian say some people get confused when they use a multiple dose vial instead of a preloaded injection pen. Oh, gotcha. Because they think like this, like your cuts just said, they mm -hmm. think it's an everyday thing, but it's actually like, all right, here's your dosage for, and you're supposed to take it once a week. Yeah. It's a once a week pen that you inject. But if you're getting it from a compounding pharmacy, you're not really getting Ozempic or Wagovi, you're getting the active ingredient, semaglutide. So what, so what is the, let's say somebody overdoses on it. Mm -hmm. They don't get just like super skinny really fast. No, like no, what, they don't. No. What is it? What yeah. is, what's happening? So listen, the way Ozempic works is it slows down the stomach's gastric emptying and suppresses the appetite. And Dr. Sumaranian says. And so if you take too much of it, you can have severe nausea and vomiting, and that can lead to dehydration, sometimes even uh, a kidney failure. Yeah. Yikes. In rare cases, yeah. So people are overdosing and they need to be more careful. Yeah, for the most part, it's um, it's accidental for the most part, according to both physicians, both doctors who say. Are people just too ambitious with this or they just think that, I mean, I, I, I'm confused because mm -hmm. every time I go to the pharmacist to pick up any, usually when I go to the pharmacist, it's because one of my kids has an earache or something. Mm -hmm. They're always giving me some sort of antibiotic. Yeah. And it's always the same thing. Take one time, three times daily. Seven milliliters twice what? before or after a meal. Yeah. For a week till it runs out. Like, it's easy. But they go over it with you to mm -hmm. make sure that you're not going to mess it up. Well, sometimes they go over it with you. I mean, that's when you say, when you ask, hey, can I speak to the pharmacist before you leave to make sure that you've got the instructions right. Both uh, Dr. Uh, Sumaranian and Dr. Kaiser say that that before you start taking these injections, you really need to sit, read the instructions, speak to the medical assistant, speak to the nurse, even ask the doctor, yeah. hey, how often should I be taking this medication and what's my dosing and, um, you know, am I doing it right? Can you can you show me how? Especially if you're getting it from a compounding pharmacy because you're mixing it yourself. And so what you're trying to do, if, you, if you're taking the semaglutide, you're mixing that compound, that liquid with the semiglutide in order to match that already preloaded injection pen. And so some people are getting the units wrong. They're milligrams versus milliliters versus uh, yeah, yeah, ounces. Yeah. And so that is where some of the mistake is coming I'm, from. I'm shocked that people are so uh, cavalier about mixing their medicine. I would be so freaked out to get it wrong 
and uh-huh. I start growing hair on my palms or something <laughs> weird. Just some weird stuff. Yeah. Or like, I don't know, like every time I get something from the pharmacist, mm-hmm. maybe they just like the look of me, the pharmacist, yeah. this guy needs help. And she always says, wait a minute, I'm going to, maybe it's because I'm a dad. She just knows like dad's, you know. And so she goes, this is what you need to do. Uh-huh. And I know you're giving this to your kids, so make sure to do this and this and this. And maybe they just assume that moms read the things and so they don't need to have that same Maybe I'm like the dad too, because um, what they, I hear, you got to do this and this and this, and they've already lost me at this. And I'm like, can you write that? Can you make sure it's in the instructions? Well, because do. I don't want to. Yeah, they write it down. Oh for my you. gosh. Because when I, ha- when I see them and they're like, when I go to the pharmacy and I've got to pick up a prescription, and they're like, yeah, the, the, phys- the pharmacist is just going to mix it. And I'm like, oh no. What do you mean mix it? And you see them back there and they're mixing it and then they're putting more of liquid in this and liquid. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no, is this a complicated order? I don't want to get it wrong. I didn't know this. My son had a, uh, earache or something the other day. And mm-hmm. so they gave me the, what's the antibiotic they always give for earaches? What's is it amoxicillin? Amoxicillin. Or? Yeah, mm-hmm. amoxicillin. I just thought that stuff was pink all the time, but it's yeah, not. It no, looked, it's it white. Came, it came in a, a white bottle, but then she goes over to some little thing on the wall and she goes, Bleep, and put something in it. Yeah. What flavor do you want? She, oh, they that, asked the flavor. What flavor she was putting in? Bubble gum or something oh, like that. Yeah. And then, okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was bubble gum flavor. I didn't, and I didn't know that's what she was doing. Yeah. So I was like, oh, look at that. She just like mixes in, but she was just putting flavor in it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, I learned something new here today. Yeah. But regular pharmacies and compounding pharmacies are two completely different things. Got it. So, yeah. So that might be one of the reasons why some people are overdosing on these medications. If well, it does happen... Um, Dr. Sumeranian says that you should always call the clinic that uh, that prescribed the medication. Let them know your symptoms. If vomiting and uh, the diarrhea and the nausea don't go away with usual over-the-counter medications, you definitely need to visit the ER. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. Go get because that fixed. yeah, because it could last for seven days. Oh my gosh! And hydration. You don't want to be dehydrated. No, exactly. Don't be dehydrated. It's horrible. It's uh, not a good feeling. Not a good feeling. All right, Mickey Gomez. She's with Kyra News Radio and uh, staying on top of this Ozempic thing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back here on Kyra Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. All right, I want to play you some audio that I found on MSNBC. I don't spend a great deal of my time watching MSNBC, but MSNBC had a focus group of uh, some black men who live in South Carolina. And they were asking them who they were thinking about voting for in the upcoming presidential election. And they had some interesting things to say. And what MSNBC found very surprising is that these particular voters, these black men in South Carolina, were explaining why Donald Trump appeals to them. There is some appeal there for some black men with Trump. What is it? Money. Money. Yeah. I mean, you know, Donald Trump has a reputation of uh, being the money man. So I just think um, that Donald Trump uh, is spite of all the craziness he may have in his head, reading some of the things that he talks about with business, I can kind of agree with as far as business-wise because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grow my business. A lot of people... You know, I'm going to pause it there real fast. This was interesting because I, I saw this article the other day. Um, did I read it? Did I watch it? I don't remember what it was. But Jamie Dimon, who I believe he is the CEO of uh, Chase Bank, he was speaking, I think this was in Davos, uh, one of those super fancy meetings in Switzerland, maybe the World Economic Forum, something like that. But he was actually praising Donald Trump. And the reason he was pra- praising Donald Trump was 
because he was talking about how good the economy was when Trump was president. And when you boil it down to what people really care about, you've heard that phrase before, people vote with their pocketbooks. Well, pocketbooks have been feeling kind of lean for a couple years now. And whether or not you think it is the president's fault or not, that tends to be the person who is the quickest <laughs> the quickest person that somebody could uh, use as a scapegoat. And they might say, hey, you know what? Um, when Trump was president, we had a lot of money. And when Trump's not president, now that Biden's president, we don't seem to have so much money. And that's exactly what some of these guys were saying on this MSNBC clip. They're the persona, and they, they want to be him. They want to enjoy the perks that he has. He seems to always be able to circumvent the rules. You're hearing that too, that there are some people in your orbit who are either voting for Donald Trump or considering it? For sure. A lot of my friends are obviously my age, so we're a little younger. We've only voted once, you know, for actually for a president, and Trump is kind of all we know, and they're kind of Trump and Biden. They're like, well, we were broke with Biden. We weren't with Trump. And that's kind of the only thing that I'm hearing over and over again, over and over again, is that, well, Trump, we had money. Right? I mean, isn't that like, have you guys ever asked yourself that question? Like when you're talking about who you're going to vote for? How much is it? I would be interested in this. Feel free to hit me up on the text line. 888-973-5476. How much do you care about the politics? And how much do you care about policy and things like that? Or do you really just want your president to kind of leave you alone and let you be as successful as you can possibly be. I don't know what the answer for that is for you. You might feel very differently. You might feel like you want the president involved in as much of your life as possible. Although I would tend to think you probably don't want somebody looking over your shoulder. You also don't want somebody who's making your life more difficult or raising your taxes. And right now, with as tough as it is economically, then I think people are questioning who they want in leadership. And right or wrong, again, if the economy's not doing great, they tend to vote for whoever the other guy is. Now, will they vote for Trump? Will somebody vote for, because Trump is a very controversial figure. Would they vote for Trump? I have no idea. Who knows? Uh, this was interesting too, just as a quick side note. This audio popped up when I was looking at this MSNBC audio. You know how like, things pop up on YouTube and says like, you might also like. This popped up. I had forgotten about this, but I don't imagine this is something that, uh, that the Biden administration probably wants out there a bunch. Back in the last election cycle, when Biden was running against Trump the first time and was victorious, he was on a radio show called The Breakfast Club. And Charlemagne the God, he's the guy who hosts that Breakfast Club show. Phenomenally popular show. And he asked Biden about how some black voters still aren't sure who to vote for. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see Take you. Take a look at my record, man. Yeah, I was, uh, that's not how I would answer <laughs> that question. Uh, very interesting. But I, uh, let me know what you guys think in the text line, 888-973-5476. Do you think the economics of a Trump presidency would be something that you'd be interested in? And would you vote for that? Or do you say, no, this guy's got too much baggage. I would prefer Biden. Or are you like a lot of folks, myself included, who would just prefer both parties, would scrap their candidates and get new folks. I think it's probably too late for that. I don't see that happening, but we can dream, can't we? All right, we got a lot of great stuff coming up next hour. We got a ton of great stuff. 9 p.m. hour It's where we can really let our hair down and have some fun. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back on Kyra Nights.